Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome, listeners, to episode 130. Uh, nah, nah, I'm, I'm done. Nah, nah, I'm not. I've had enough, Lewis. I'm not. Nah, I'm out. What's up, mate? What, what's going on? You are right? No, look, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm sad, mate. I'm sad. I'm not going to, I'm just, the magic's not there. I'm not going to, I can't do the intro. I've had it. Oh, mate, that's, that's, gee, that's, well, that's not like you, mate. That's a worry. Well, well, well I'll move on to the first topic and then we'll just go, go straight into this. I haven't, I haven't read yet, but this is about the top 10 vets of Melbourne. No! Have been revealed. No! No, I don't what? want to hear about it, Lewis. What? I don't want to hear about it. No, but hang on, mate. I haven't, I haven't read through it yet. I've just, it's hot off the press. I've got the first bit. The best of Melbourne's 2020 city's top vets, 10 vets revealed. He's a little bit crazy. Oh. Crash tackles large animals in the name of duty. You used to do that. Oh. You used to get worried. And deserves his own TV show. Oh. No, yeah. no, yeah, no, it, yeah. no, no, it's no, it, it can't be. And this small town vet from Melbourne's outskirts has been voted the city's best. Is it, is it, is it? Oh, is this? I can't find it, mate. How did you go? No, nah, I can't talk about it, Lewis. It's too raw. It's too raw. It really, it really hurts me. It, 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 it's breaking my heart. Let me get to the crux of it. He's hilarious. He needs his own TV show. He has the perfect balance of empathy and humour, as well as his intelligence and knowledge, and plays a mean guitar. Oh, hang on. Yeah, you don't you don't Def- play the guitar, De- do you? Definitely don't play the guitar. No. Yeah. The, oh. the, the only thing I can play at the moment is my breaking heartstrings. <laughs> oh, mate, what happened? Why? Top ten, we didn't even make it. What's going mate, on? You know, oh, no idea. You know, it's uh, it's rigged. It's got to be. <laughs> you know, there's got to be something going. I mean, you know me, Lewis. I had no I had no interest in winning it at all until I didn't win it. Exactly. I could so tell now, mate. So now it's dead to me. It's dead to me. I've had enough. Yeah, we move on. No, no, no. It's going for a little bit more. We don't have a lot of content for today. So. <laughs> you are spot on. So true. Well, I can guarantee, mate. Top ten vets have got listed here. You're yep. certainly better at treating dogs and cats than the the rabbit clinic, than the rabbit clinic in Collingwood. So there is that. So you probably would have made the top top ten had they not included rabbits. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's 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 okay. Yeah. Maybe and then the, a little bit better. And then there's that snake guy in Frank's Frankston. I'm pretty sure you're better at dogs and cats than than uh, than the the snake vet. Gee, so, mate, there's a, it, that's that's just one of the many dodgy things you can get up to in Frankston. I hear. That's not bash. I'm sorry. Hey, well, I, I played in trouble. for Frankston, so I can say that I grew up in Frankston. Did you? Yeah. Well, yeah. do you know James Haberfield from Frankston, Doctor James? I, I don't. No, no, because no, I don't, don't like snakes. No, I know. I knew. I knew that. He, I think from what reading through the top ten, you need something that's a little bit different. You oh, need. You need. You need, a, you need a, um, a quirky thing, do you? Yes. Doing a podcast isn't quirky enough. Well, 
Well, maybe because we didn't mention it. No one mentioned it in, when they entered you. Maybe no one said he does a podcast. With, by the way, he does a podcast. Do you think that's the reason? Do you think I, I actually got voted in, but then because I didn't have enough of a uh, enough of a quirk that I didn't make it in? Are you you're telling me that there's um, that there's shenanigans going on at the at Melbourne's top ten voted vets that there's a uh, you know, ulterior motives? Well, it's definitely rigged, mate. It's definitely rigged. It makes me start to worry. It's gotta be. It makes me start to worry the um, the integrity of their top ten best hairdressers that they had last week. It really oh my goodness! Does. Yes. Yeah. And there's you know there's no way I'm going to the top number one hairdresser now. No I was going to say, did you did did you go knocking on the door there to see whether or not they could do something, to, uh, get a nice bouffant, go and take in a photo of yourself from your uni days and say, look, I'd like I'd like this back again, thanks. Would Can you, you do boost- me one of these? Could you pluff it on the top a bit? Could you add a bit of, of volume, some boosting on the top? Is there, is, is there any chance that you can sort of, you know, do it as like a, a comb over and around <laughs> and around? A Trump, a Trump one. Around, you a trumpet, trumpet across. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Um, but, oh, well. You well, know. it was the top 10 hairdresser. It wasn't the top 10 miracle workers. So oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but no, number one, Jembrook. Well done. Jembrook veterinary uh, yeah. or something. But really, are they in Melbourne or do they uh, Melbourne? Do you that's out of Melbourne, surely. That's, that's country. Surely that's country. But I reckon I know what got them over the line. They've got two, 2.4 thousand TikTok followers. Oh, really? That's where we're so, that, so, that's, so they're doing... They're doing TikTok videos in their clinic. Is that the is that the way that the new kids are going these days? The new vet well, the, kids. Well, the only one he's not, I don't know he's new. He looks like about our age, just with a bit more wilder hair than us. Right. And uh, well, that'll do it. It's just it's all the hair. He's 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 a bit crazy. Everyone says he's got a good sense of humour. Doctor Cook. Doctor Cook. Cook. No, no, that's not true. <laughs> we should edit yeah. that out. Yeah, but yeah, good on him. Cut that good. part out. But the um, best, yeah, the good. best, tic- best TikTok yeah. video I had was him chasing a sheep round a paddock and jumping on it. So I think that made a bit of got a bit of traction for him as well. So well done, well done. Uh, for, for, from all the sheep and animal lovers out there, saying, "Geez, that's a nice way of handling a sheep." Maybe, <laughs> maybe, quite maybe. possibly. Oh, look, well, congratulations to all the wonderful people that did their TikTok videos and won their, you know. Yeah, got into the top 10. But no, I've, I've had enough, Lewis. It's dead to me now. The Herald yeah, Sun, mate. Rupert Murdoch, dead to me. Really? You were such a, Well, hang on a second. Weren't you employed by them for a while? Maybe that got in the way. The contract. Oh, it might have done. It might have. Well, no, I haven't written an article for them this year. Like, so I think you know, there's a little, little viral thing that came around that then uh, yeah, it seemed to be trumping interest in you know me talking about extendable leads and things like that you know hey do you want me to talk about this sort of stuff oh no actually we've got some more important stuff to put in the newspaper these days thank you very much i've got some good information on fleas do you want to hear about that uh no no corona any coronavirus stuff that's what you should be writing about the coronavirus oh yeah yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah. did you hear about coronavirus in cats? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. How are the socks going in the house, mate? Still in them? Still wearing socks at home? Uh, uh, yeah, yes, we uh, we we are. Camille's found a nice gouge in the um, hardwood floor just in front of the um, the, the front door. She's gone, Daddy. What's this? And go, oh, uh, don't ask about that, darling. I remembered seeing that after we moved in, and and thought, no, I'm. I'm ignoring that. I'm ignoring that for the next five years until we need to re-sand the floor. Oh, mate, you just got to look at it as becoming livable. 
It's become part of your house now. You just got to look at it. Every little scratch, every little dent you see, it's just, it's, it's called lived in, mate. It's called lived in. Does that, does that count the three big um, smears that are on our white painted walls, like the big red one and the two black ones that seem to have the exact same diameter as Lego wheels? <laughs> well, you always be able to point to those when they're older, mate. You're always, look at what you did when you were four or six. However old, however <laughs> old. That's what you did. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christina um, uh, knocked something against Ruben's dark blue feature wall the other day. So, oh no, I've I've already marked it. No, this is terrible. So I put got got my finger wet and went and rubbed it off. I said, there you go, that's good enough. That's fine. And it'll, <laughs> it'll show up everything anyway. Dark, dark blue probably wasn't the great color for, uh, for for feature walls, but anyway. Um, oh well. So what else uh, has been happening, mate? Uh, so uh, actually, I was really surprised that I didn't get the um, in in the top ten. Lewis, because I actually had uh, a client come in the other day that was telling me that her son, back before all this COVID stuff um, happened, uh, he was actually a waiter in the uh, in, in a restaurant, a, a well-to-do restaurant in Melbourne, and there was a table of four people standing around talking or sitting down talking. Uh, you know, back in the social times, mate, where you didn't have to socially isolate, you could sit yeah. at a table with four friends, and. Um, uh, having a chat about um, about their vet and about how you know he's a he's a little bit crazy and he talks really fast and yeah. um, you know and he's out in Mount Waverley and uh, oh. and they said oh you're not talking about Dr Robbie are you and so and then the, this guy um, the the waiter's gone oh hang on are you guys talking about Dr Robbie that's my mum's vet so you know all of a sudden wow. there's like these three so at the well-to-do restaurants in Melbourne they must be age readers Lewis so that's the reason why they didn't get a chance to vote for the uh, for the leader one yeah if it, maybe we'll have to see whether or not fairfax can do a uh, can do one maybe maybe we'll have more of a chance in the uh in the large paper rather than the small paper that's impressive mate that's that's good to hear and uh, unfortunately the shark fins closed now isn't it since they've been serving the bat soup so that's, that's gone now isn't it that's uh yeah yeah that that, that was the uh the, the, the january special <laughs> Um, you know, straight, straight, straight out of, they got a, they got a new cookbook in from Wuhan and that was, uh, yeah, they, they had the bat special there for a very short period of time. And, uh, now it's been, uh, yeah, very it's, hush, hush now. The bat's been knocked off knocked very, off very quickly. Yeah. Oh, um, excellent. So, Speaking of knocking off, you know how we've been. Um, I was saying about last week how taking the um, the FPOS machine out and dropping it, and you know all the other sort of madcap things that happens when you let the vets, or particularly me, go out and try and pretend to be the uh, the nurses and receptionists. Um, I had an interesting one during the week where I've said to the guy, "Okay, right. So here's the um, you know so for your blood tests and uh, running these other things and your medications, um, you know that's come to uh, three hundred and fifty two dollars and ninety cents. So if you tap your card on there." Um, okay, no problem. He said, how much was it? I said, oh, 350. He's gone, hang on, what'd you say? I said, 350. I said, oh, hang on. I thought you were telling me what my PIN number was. I said, what? no, no, just reading how much the the um, the invoice was. He's gone, oh, the first three numbers of that was the first three numbers of my PIN. How's <laughs> that? So the 300, it's like, hey, gee whiz, that's pretty good going. He said, I thought you, were, I thought you knew what my PIN number was. Wow. Uh, uh, no, no, that's just a random array of numbers, mate. You know? Impressive. Did you He's invite gonna... him over to did you invite him over to your poker night? He sounds like he, he couldn't hold a poker face. <laughs> well, I couldn't hold it. I then came in and trying to, you know, because then I knew that I only had 10 other options of what to do. It wasn't actually 359. I didn't use the gentleman's name so that no one will be able to actually get his credit card and know what his PIN number is. But, right. you know, fair enough. It, Good. It, 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 it worked well for um, trying to get a new, uh, new, the new washing machine, but the washing machine cacked itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, could, I couldn't. Good. I couldn't use those. I was going to try and um uh, and order some uh, some Russian bots to try and vote for me for the uh, yeah uh, Trump style. Try and try and get myself <laughs> in for the uh, the Melbourne's top top ten vets. Uh, that didn't work either. The Russian bots we, are no good. That's what we should have done. He sent it to Russia. They would have sorted it out for us. Put you in there. Oh, no yes. doubt about it. Definitely. Yeah. I wouldn't want to sell my soul though, Lewis. I've got other people that I sell my soul to, like Zilkeen. <laughs> hey, very well done. Big supporter. Love Zilkeen. Love him. Thank you very much. The mild yes, anxiety, so much. mild anxiety, lowering medication. Um, I, I can't think of a case I put on Zilkeen this week. No. Oh yes, I can. I had a dog that uh, got yeah? some issues with, with, uh, or oh, it's a, it's a complicated problem, but essentially the lady, uh, she got a larger dog, um, and, uh, and she likes to go swimming in the bay and leaves the dog just on the sand waiting for her to return from her swim. Um, and, right, uh, okay. and, uh, and unfortunately another dog ran up to it and there was a little bit of an incident that occurred. So, so we started, oh, there's a little bit a of anxiety fracas? going, yeah, we see yeah, quite a nasty fracas and, um, yeah. So the dog's also got some separation anxiety, which is why she takes it with her swimming. So we started on some Zilkeen this week for um for some mild separation anxiety. So we'll, we keep everyone informed as to how that goes. So it's uh, what could it's be alpha, more? Ca- what? It's alpha cazozapine. Um, it's it's a mild anxiety supplement, a nutraceutical, as we Ooh. like to call it. Um, so yeah, get over, get get to your vet or or down to your pet shop, and uh, you can get some of that over the counter. What could be more calming, Lewis, than some Zilkeen and, you know, just sitting at the beach, just watching the waves roll in, you know, I'd be, I'm feeling calm just thinking about it. Yeah, I think so. Although I don't think the dogs enjoy it because I think during the summer months, it goes out to its neck, like up to its neck in the water, just trying to chase the owner. So I'm not sure that's the best thing for it. We did discuss perhaps an alteration to that little routine. Yeah, probably a good idea. Probably a good idea. And you know what else is a good idea? All the different ranges of foods you can get from Delicate Care. Yeah, definitely. So we are going to have, we're going to actually interview the guy who is a big contributor to, to delicate care. Uh, the prof, aren't we? The professor, the honcho, the big the, the cheese. Big, put it all together. He, um, we're going to talk to him about how, what, how delicate care came about. How did he get the formulation that he's got? How does he, I don't know. How does he make sure that it's only duck and, and potato or, or or duck and, and skippy in the in the food and not other things like uh you know contaminants how does he make sure it's exactly the protein that's in there so we're gonna have a chat to him in the next couple of weeks so so stay tuned listeners for us and chatting if, uh, to to the prof will they take will he take care. questions will, are there any is there any word that he'll take some questions if some of our listeners questions want to listeners want to send in some questions we might be able to uh put them to the prof so if you've got some uh some nutrition questions some hard hitting biting you know um or not biting but you know you know, really you know <laughs> in-depth questions that you'd like to ask the uh the professor the uh the formulator of delicate care so this is a guy who is a professor of animal nutrition so he's not just a johnny come lately a fly by night you know um they're cooking it up in his uh crock pot on the stove kind of guy this is a guy who's got his finger on the pulse of animal nutrition so if you've got some animal nutrition questions send them through to two vets talk pets at gmail.com or uh, or patreon um send us a message on patreon and uh and let's see if we can uh, pose him some questions that's a great idea mate you know if yeah if you, you think your dog's got some food allergies or it's got a bit of a dicky tummy or anything food related maybe you want to talk about grain free options are they a good option Ooh. 
Maybe, maybe we talk, maybe we talk about heart disease and grain free issues or raw food diets, any of those sorts of things um, you want us to talk about, uh, send us some questions and, uh, and we can load them into the, into the podcast garden and far away. Sounds good. So yeah, shoot them across the nullarbor. Lovely. Now, well, speaking of shooting a distance, decal galley's back. Oh, really? Decal yes. Gal, our, our Patreon subscriber? Yes, we thought we'd lost her, but no, oh, she's replied now. So I will send the stickers this week, hopefully. <laughs> Finally, the decals will be in the mail this week if I get to the post office. Oh, good. This week, maybe. Nice. Hopefully. Well, welcome back, Decal Gal. And if you're if you're in America and you'd like to uh, you'd like to get a hold of uh, a, a a Decal Gal sent uh, sticker, you know, our our, um, our two vets talk pets uh, official Decal Girl. Oh, yes, I, I know you send them across there. Isn't she then going to be sending them on from there? Don't I give me you that look. A, I thought you said a scented sticker. I was like, what are they scratch and sniff? What's going on? <laughs> oh yeah, they they might be, but I wouldn't recommend anyone scratching them, mate, because uh, I know they've been under your desk for a while. So I'd be a little bit worried as to what sort of, uh, you know, um, um, uh, you know, uh, aromatics might have been absorbed in through the sticky backs. Yeah, maybe you could put some pheromone on them. You get your dog or cat to smell them. And go, oh, I love these guys. These guys are great. They smell uh, they're amazing. Not so they're not some of those stickers that I stuck to your um stuck to your forehead and stuff on that the night of the uh, the the ball earlier this year and then put them back on the backing. They're not those ones. <laughs> They're still in the suit, mate. I couldn't get them off. Those stickers stick hard. <laughs> well, that's a good way of advertising. So the next person that gets the seat the suits that we've uh, uh that, that we rented, they go, oh, I'm going to check this one out. Exactly. So Deca- Suzanne Baker from Bark Avenue Grimmy, she did send us an email. It's me, the decal gal. Thank you so much for the shout out. And I'm so honored to carry this title. I feel so special. Well, we feel special oh. having you involved. Yeah. I've been super busy with my grooming business. Our state, South Carolina, South, South Cara is slowly, I don't know why I said that. That's just sounded really ordinary. Really is, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Is slowly lifting the restrictions and hopefully other small businesses like mine can get back on track. I always enjoy and look forward to each other in every episode. Say hi to Deb and hopefully she'll be on a future pod pod episode soon. Bye for now and stay positive. Now you might think I'm Will editorializing Thanks, there, Suzanne. mate. You might think I'm editorializing there, but that's genuine request for Deb. Verbatim. Yes. Wow. Well, there you go. I'll, I'll have the week off next week. I'll just oh, head down really? to the beach. Yeah, I'll head down <laughs> to the beach with some Zilkeen. Very, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> well, uh, well, Christine, goes for a swim. You just sit on the beach. Yeah. All right. So thank you. <laughs> Th- thank you very much, Suzanne. Um, it's uh, it's great to have you on board, and we will. I'll certainly will hopefully get some stickers to you next week or so depending on how I go. <laughs> um, do, you watch the, do, you, do, you watch, um, do you watch any uh, TV? Do you watch the Insight Show during the week on SBS, mate? Well, so, yeah, this week we had the, uh, the big uh, – so Insight, SBS, um, to one of the – it's not one of the big three um, stations, but that means they actually put stuff on there to try and help to uh, feed your mind a little bit, SBS. And, uh, and so they'll often have uh, Insight where they in, – what's that? Big three, so uh, Netflix, YouTube, and Stan. Is that the big three? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're the only channels I worry about these days. Yeah, um, not, not one of the. 
not not one of the major connect, uh, commercial ones. And so they 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 do some very good documentaries and in depth investigations um, into uh, different things. And one of the uh, pro, one of their programs is Insight, where they sit down with uh, a whole lot of people from a specific industry or that have had certain experiences and go through about what that all means. Um, and the one that aired this week was on uh, mental health issues in the uh, in the veterinary industry and um they I actually um, had a uh, did a, an interview with them uh, for it at the end of last year. I spoke to a guy uh, for about an hour and a half from the show, and um, he said, "Well, thank you very much for for your input." And um, but then they didn't need me to go up for the show, which was cool. Um, and when it came on the other night, I was had the remote control in my hand, and I was thinking about whether to watch it, and I kind of decided not to. Um, I just sort of thought, yeah. You know, I mean, this and this is for me, me personally. Um, I sort of looked down and thought, oh, I, like I'll, I'll talk until I'm blue in the face about the the pressures and stuff that we have in the industry, and I'll talk to anyone that listens. But um, I, I sort of looked at it and thought, well, hang on, do I actually want to spend my evening listening to that? I think it's great that it's out there and that other people get to listen to it. But for me, I actually didn't want to. I, I didn't want to watch it, so I didn't. Um, I don't know. Does that Fair make enough. me bad? Do you, do you judge me for for that, mate? Did you uh, you watched it? Did you? Oh, no, look, I can tell you a bit bitter, mate, that you didn't get a Guernsey on it, but, uh, but I, 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 yeah, yeah, no, all jokes aside, definitely wasn't bitter that I yeah, didn't, I no, was, no. I was honored that they called me back and that they, um, yeah. that they, they interviewed me and I was, cause I think it's a really, really important thing, but, um, yeah, it well, certainly I think, wasn't a, a feverish thing. I think the thing that, um, it certainly, it wasn't obviously aimed at us vets, particularly aimed at the general public in trying to create some yeah. awareness about the day to day issues that, uh, that we face. Um, certainly as vets, the stresses that are involved, uh, the clients, uh, treating us poorly, um, the high mm. rates of suicide in, in profession, you know, four times higher than, than the, the general population, um, you know the lack of uh, the lack of pay that uh, not you know not that we're not paid well, but in comparison, you know, not keep 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 sort of have to justify this, but but we shouldn't. Um, you know, with you know five or six years of vets behind us, you know, we should be potentially on a similar level to a dentist or a vet, a dentist or a doctor, but our pay is, is certainly a lot lower. Um, but but I guess I can probably see the reason you didn't get on mate was that the people who did talk had some very specific um, upsetting stories, like really yeah. uh, uh, not sensationalized, but really uh, uh, crunching um, stories about, about uh, suicide um, and being, being treated poorly by, by um, clients um, went out on calls um, about being abused at, um, at, at being a vet trying to do their best, you know, yeah, I can't afford this. Yeah, you should you should do that for the money. You know, uh, you're after the money. You should do this for free. Sort of sort of scenario. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was one other guy, um, Oliver. Uh, I don't know his, how to say his last name. Liao, who um, he did attempt suicide. He's a vet. He did right. attempt suicide, and he actually came on and and spoke. Um, uh, you know, very uh, very forthright about his attempt and about what drove him to that point and about where he is now. Um, and then someone else sort of spoke about uh, they were the practice manager, the practice, uh, the, the vet director, the vet director of, of a clinic. Um, uh, and, um, and they, uh, um, so just said we've got only got a couple of minutes left, but anyway, we'll keep going. Um, 
uh, and uh, she was the vet director and one of the, the vets under her, I guess, care in, in a way, committed suicide in the car park. So it's, it was some harrowing stories um, yeah. and, and certainly not saying that you have you and I wouldn't have some stories, mate, but I certainly don't have anything as mm. really sitting on the edge as, as, as that not sort as of thing. Not as raw as that. Yeah, from the vet profession. Yeah. So it wasn't really necessarily aimed as us vets. I guess I just watched it, uh, and I'm pleased I did because you know, uh, you know, some of my family watched it as well, and they got quite upset. They didn't realise that uh, the stresses and and how you know how difficult our day to day stuff can can sort of be. Um, and so I think if there are you know we're we're, we're dedicated um, at the podcast to pet owners, but I, I really think if you can find it online, you go to SBS. Um, and have a look as a as a um, as a pet owner out there. I really think you might um, be able to take take something from it. Just a little bit of appreciation of going. Oh, hang on, you know, um, I will I will do appreciate my vet a little bit more now. The understanding that the, the pressures they're on. We're not just sitting there cuddling kittens and puppies, and uh, we're dealing with some pretty highly stressful situations. And I guess the only other thing that came out of the insight was, and it perhaps. Um, uh, sort of upset you know, me a little bit was there was no mention of what we can do to perhaps help and rectify the problem. So some of the, the people with the pointy tip of trying to help like Nadine Hamilton with love your, um, love your pet, love your vet campaign. And perhaps even Flynn, uh, sorry, uh, Flynn's walk with, um, Jack, uh, yeah. with uh, names slipped, yeah, slipped to mind. Jack. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Jack. Jackie Jack. Uh, perhaps, Perhaps could have had them on, but then I think the Oliver guy who um, Oliver Liao who had attempted suicide, he actually brought that up with the producers of the show, and they said, "Well, we're saving that sort of thing possibly for another show in the future where we address the issues." This show is really just about creating awareness yeah. within the community of of um, of you know, the issues that that vets are, are sort of um, are facing. So, yeah, I yeah I do hope they do another episode where they they give some solutions. But the thing is, mate, there there are I don't you know there are no concrete solutions. There's so much thrown around. Um, you know, it's it's so hard to know. Is it is it the training? Is it the sort of people we are that get into vet in the first place? You know, is it you know we, uh, that we've got a high rate of mental health? Is it the day-to-day stresses we deal with is the fact that we euthanize animals on a daily, or, you know, daily every couple of days, and we see how at peace an animal looks when they're euthanized, you know, and we end suffering, and yeah. and we talk about making the pet comfortable by euthanasia, and we think that's an outlet. It's so hard to know. So um, that's a long chat by me. I don't normally talk that long. Normally, I hand over to you for the long chats, mate. So. Um, yeah, I think if you're a pet owner out there, maybe just have a have a go and have a um, a watch of it. SBS Insight program on on TV. And I think probably the other thing with that too is if if you're a pet owner and you're listening to this, you're probably the sort of person that actually cares about your vet and about you know the, I guess the what happens more um, not only just from the the pet owning point of view, but also what happens you know because we we usually drop the curtain a little bit you know and and give people a bit of an insight of what happens in our lives. So it's probably more for those for those listeners to actually direct that to your friends as well you know like so you know if one of our listeners watches it, that's one thing. But if they tell five of their friends to watch it, well then that's five more people that know about it. And if they then tell another five people, then more and more and more people understand. Um, and the difficult part is, is the people that put the pressure on those um, those individuals that we're talking about, whether you've got, 
way I had a guy the other night who rolled in on his um, in his uh, motorized wheelchair abusing me in the um, in the car park um, because I, I treated his pet 12 months ago and now it's costing me more money and I said I'm sorry sir I don't even know who I, I don't I know I know who you are but I don't know what I treated your dog for you know I see hundreds of dogs every year um he was he had his empty can of VB in his lap um so he came in drunk and then started abusing our staff and you know I was interrupting while I was trying to do other consults and oh it's it it just a nightmare you know um so I think the the, those sorts of people, they're never going to listen. The sorts of people no. that really upset the, uh, you know, they're, they're, we're never going to get them. But the, I think it's, you know, that we're seven times more likely to listen to something negative than something positive. So my, my rule of thumb on that is, well, you need to have eight positive things said to you so that when that one negative thing happens, you're already in a positive balance. So if for every one person that says something bad, grumpy, terrible to a, um, to a vet or a staff member, if you can you know, offset that by eight people having said nice things to you, then you're doing, you're doing pretty well. So. Right. Well, that's a good way to look at it, mate. You hadn't thought of it like that, but yeah, yeah similar during the week, we had a, a client that had been to another clinic and uh, had some surgery on the, on the dog's foot and stepped on some glass and, uh, and then it subsequently got an infection and it wasn't, you know, the toe was looking pretty ordinary and sort of he, he came to us for a, for a second opinion and he was really pushing at me to say the other vet had caused the infection by doing the surgery. And I was like, well, mate, I could have done that surgery here. And despite mm. my, my abilities as a surgeon, just being exemplary, you know, and, and first class <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and amongst the top 10 vets in Melbourne, without a doubt, there's um there's every I was gonna, chance I was, I was gonna say at least happened. in the top ten of Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there's every absolutely. chance the same thing would have happened here, you know. It's just one of one of those things. I mean, they had glass in there, there might still be glass in there. But he was quite irate. And when I actually spoke to the other, you know, I got on the phone to the other vet and and they said, Yeah, he'd been really quite abusive to their staff, saying you you've caused this and and it was like, you know, and I sort of saw him, I thought, mate, I, you know, I really don't have a lot of I've got empathy for your dog, but I haven't got a lot of empathy for you to be treating yeah. any vets, even if it's not my clinic in, in such a manner, it's just not appropriate, mate. You know, appreciate yeah. you're upset. We're just trying to do our best. The, the, the vet that did the surgery certainly didn't go in there going, I want to ruin this dog's toe. He went in yeah. there surgery going, I want to fix this dog's toe. That's where, that's where it was coming from. Yep. Yeah. The outcome perhaps not what expecting, you know, and then ended up, I looked at the toe and I thought, gee, this toe actually looks okay. And then he admitted, he goes, Oh, hang on. Yeah. They put it on new antibiotics. The toe's looking a lot better today. I went, yeah, beauty, mate. He's uh Here's your, your double consult bill. I'll, I'll charge you double for that one. No, I didn't do yes, that. Yes, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there was a 15% uh, you know, a dickhead <laughs> tax applied to it. Yeah. Yes, the DHV. Yes, I would the, love the to DHV. have done that. We'd love to have yeah. that, wouldn't we? That, that would be fantastic. But so, would yeah, that be so, great? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it'd, be, it'd be nice if we could move on to something lighter, mate. I don't know if you've got any... Anything at all light that we can chat about? Well, yes. Did you um, did you do your homework that I sent you um, two and a half minutes before we started recording? <laughs> the thirteen minute video that you sent three minutes before we were starting recording. I did that, that exact one. Yes, I did. Yes, the squirrel. Amazing the squirrel. 
Now, um, I'm not sure whether or not other people will have um, will have seen. I know it's been uh, all across uh, social media over the um, the last couple of days. A video by Mark Rober, R O B E R, called "Building the Perfect Squirrel Proof Bird Feeder." Um, I I spent um, yeah, the the 13 minutes of Camille's maths time yesterday at home learning, saying. Um, <laughs> Camille, I know you're supposed to be doing maths learning about shapes and stuff, but let's talk about some physics. You know, let's have a look at this, you know. Um, and so what's the video? Because it was a, a really well done video where this guy's come up with a, a squirrel. Um, so he's a, a dude in America um, uh, and, and come up with a, a great um, a squirrel ninja course to try and get the squirrels to um, uh, have some, um, have some, you know, Typical YouTuber, um, YouTube video spends a, a month coming up with all this great concocted thing for 13 minutes that people watch and then, you know, stick a like on and then move on. I hope the guy makes some coin from it because I think it's a spectacular video, but I wanted to talk to you, Lewis, about what you thought from a behavioral point of view and um, from a conditioning point of view, what you thought from the training of these um, squirrels with what he's done in the video. So if you haven't watched the video, pause now, go and watch it. We'll have a, um, a link in the show notes. Um, what did you think of it? Well, do you want to go to a short break, mate? Let's go for a short break. Let's, let's go for a 13 minute break. 30 and minute we'll break. Everyone can go and watch it. It'll be 13 minutes in our time, but only a few seconds on the podcast. But go and watch it. Pause now. Go and watch it and then come back and then we'll discuss it. As vets, we know it can be difficult having conversations around the cost of treatment. Well, now there is a pet insurance product that can help reduce those upfront costs. It's called Gap Only, and eligible owners can claim on the spot and only pay the gap. This is only available at participating vet clinics with eligible pet insurance partners. Check to see if your vet or pet insurer is Gap Only enabled at gaponly.com.au. T's and C's apply. Visit gaponly.com.au for more information. Alrighty, mate. I finally got to see it all. That's amazing. That squirrel video. Impressive. How good was it? They're very impressive. Great production values, you know. I, I also liked his his one eighty on um on uh, uh from fat Gus turning into fantastic Gus. Uh, that was um that was pretty good. Yeah, that was a, that was a good uh you know back step when he realised that fat Gus was actually uh pregnant. <laughs> I know he's very good. And look, I mean, no squirrels are harmed in the making of the video. He's pretty pretty uh pushes that pretty hard, which is which is good to see. But amazing, yes, the adaptability of a species like that. So you know, squirrels essentially, I haven't really delved into the uh, into the the, the tree, the phylogeny whatever it is, the tree, the family tree of the squirrel. But I imagine at one stage they were out in the forests and stuff on their own before we built houses around them. But they've managed to adapt they to still our own environment. In the forest. Right. And they come they out of the forest. the forest. They come yeah. out of the forest and into the houses or around the houses. Yeah. But the thing I liked about it was if there was an obstacle that they couldn't do, they just jumped over it. They just went to just yep, jump over it. Yep. We'll just jump over that one. We can jump a mile. But then when there were some obstacles that confused them, they didn't, sort of jump it they kind of got a bit like the slinky they got a bit bamboozled didn't they before they actually learned to jump it so yeah um, 
impressive, impressive stuff. Um, but I guess being a, an animal that, uh, you know, even perhaps more impressive for me was the way they got around those bird feeders that were meant to be squirrel proof. You know, I don't know if you saw yes. right at the start of the video, they showed it absolutely into, yeah. the, uh, into those uh, squirrel proof bird feeders and the way they pull the tops off. And it's just, it's just about trial and error. And they've obviously got a really intelligent brain that, that means they just keep trying and trying and knowing that eventually we, we'll, we'll crack it and, and we'll be able to take this thing apart and get into it. Incredible. Tinkerers, tinkerers, they just tinker. They got, yeah. they got nothing but time, but they get in there and tinker, 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 tinker. Um, and the, uh, I, I love the, um, the, uh, the, the, the high speed um, film, the, the stuff of where like they do jump and you see them sort of puff their tail right out for them to help to try and um, sort of negotiate their landings and things like that. Oh, it's just, just spectacular vision. Um, so, so what sort of training do you call that Lewis? Like, so if you, if you know, is that operant conditioning the, um, that, that's used for that? Is that what you would sort of uh, uh, label that as, or do you have another labeling for it from a b- behavioral um, nomenclature point of view? Oh gosh, you, you're really scratching my gray matter with, with that sort of question. Look, it's really just trial and error. Mate. Grab, sort of grabbing yeah. it with a squirrel. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Something like squirrel that. Squirrel gripping. Gray matter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. Um, operant conditioning would mean that, uh, sort of you doing a behavior and then getting brought it rewarded instantly for it. It's really just, just trial and error and then, then doing what yeah, works gotcha. really. Um, you know, the, the aim is yep, they're getting a feed um, and then they're, they're just really trialing and learning, learning the obstacle courses they go. So it's not, I don't know, there's a training thing. I mean, there's some, there is some, um, some punishment aspects to it. No, some negative reinforcement. Gosh, you really test me yep. now, mate. So where the, <laughs> where the, the, uh, where the, uh, the, um, uh, the platform collapses and they fall down, that's probably, uh, no, that might be negative punishment decreasing, taking something away to decrease the chance of that behavior occurring in the, in the future. So you don't want them to stay on that platform anymore. So you take the platform away and they learn not to stand on the platform in the future. Gee, that's some real psychology there, mate. So look, it's everything in one thrown in. I don't think it's any sort of specific training mechanism. It's, you're not really sort of rewarding them specifically for doing something specifically. They're just learning by trial and error what works to get to the final obstacle really. So yeah, but yeah. no, fantastic to watch <laughs> um yeah the uh i so i watched it with the kids again last night and um the the part that um i know I saw this part coming and I thought, now this is definitely the one that I want to try and watch with the kids. The part where they, um, st- with a squirrel stuck their head through the, through the little hole and ah, he had cute. the little hat there, you know, the, uh, the little photo opportunity one. Yeah. Great. So anyway, shout out to, shout out to Mark Robert. Um, go and check out the video and, uh, see what you think. And, um, and sorry for giving you uh two and a half minutes to watch a 13 video, th- 13 minute video, and then try and uh, dissect it from a, uh, a behavioral training point of view. You know, what a, oh, what a nice point I am. Oh no! All good, mate. All good. It's all great. It's all uh, it's all part of the fun. So, but I've got an article that uh, that came from Next uh, Media Wire. Now I don't know where I've got that from. I don't know. Uh, www. Uh, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a another sadder story, I suppose. Well, it is. A suburban Illinois woman was mauled to death inside her home by her French her pet French bulldog bulldog on Saturday. Oh, crikey. 
Lisa Urso, 52, was found at the back of her Ingleside residence by a friend that evening. According to Lake County Coroner Dr. Howard Cooper, Urso had recently adopted the dog and originally been bred to fight. It wasn't the Ugh. neck. Most bite marks were on her legs and arms, Cooper said. Some on her torso as well. Just a lot of bites and a lot of scratching. I hate to say it, but unfortunately, it was a vicious attack. Uh, and I guess we know that we've all got there are large arteries on your arms and legs and that sort of thing. So it's mm. quite easy to puncture one of those, I guess, potentially. Uh, you don't really think about it happening with a smaller dog breed, but we forget animals can be powerful. Cooper said, and look, I'm not going to go into the details too much of the attack. I've sort of done a little bit of research online and, and there's some conjecture as to whether or not it's a French bulldog or there's some shorty bull dog or something i'm not sure there's some conjecture on the on the breed but i guess all i want to bring to the fore is to highlight that any dog can bite and yep. any dog can can cause something horrific like this so just uh you know people always talk about certain breeds of dogs and more propensity to to be aggressive and that's certainly not what the true stats show and um and this just highlights it again that you know if it was a french bulldog it's not something that you think a french bulldog will even have the mouth or the jaw to be able to to latch on but Absolutely. it's really that, that that has happened that has happened in this case so i mean you know everyone loves to loves to put blame on pit bulls and and all those uh those sorts of dogs yes they're a larger dog they can do more damage but a smaller dog can do damage as well there's there's uh there was an attacker uh quite a well-known attacker from a maltese shih tzu that killed an older older lady as well um many yeah. years ago too so so it certainly does happen um and it's 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 really important for people to realize that it's not necessarily the breed doesn't mean that if you've got a pit bull that it's going to attack and it doesn't mean if you don't have a pit bull that it's not going to attack necessarily yes. in, in certain situations so it's really hard to get a lot of facts on these sorts of incidences but i think that's about the only thing we can take away is that breed is not necessarily um, an indicator of, of whether a dog's going to going to unfortunately cause a death of an owner yeah no no good no good um mm. disclaimer time yeah all advice on this show is generally in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information because veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if you missed anything or if you need any clarification. Um, yeah, so, I've got a, uh, the running sheet here, mate. Yeah. You, you're going to talk about eating mites. Eating mites? Yes, yes eat, eat mites. <laughs> yummy, yummy eating mites, you know. Um, we, we can ask the prof about um, uh, whether or not there's going to be any uh, any mite-flavoured uh, uh, delicate care. I was actually listening to a dollar podcast um, the other day. Their one this week is about a locust plague from 1854 in America and wondering whether or not they'd be able to get uh, any locusts into the food. You know, we haven't heard anything else back from that, um, the, the, uh, the, the fly larvae trial that you were going to enter Rosie in, <laughs> you know, for the treats. Um, no, I haven't, haven't heard anything... It, no, no, there's been nothing that's come up from that. So I'll have to put that to the prof and see whether or not uh, locusts might be able to be a, a, a good novel protein source, Lewis, for, uh, for maybe their next, uh, their, their next novel protein diet. Great idea. Or oh, what about a, a murder hornet and, uh, and sweet potato diet? That'd go well. Oh, <laughs> delicious. Wouldn't With it some be honey? Yum. Yeah. Yeah. Because the <laughs> honey some... can attract the hornets in. <laughs> and some bees without their heads. Yum. Oh, delicious. Yeah. Ter 
oh, oh I just I can feel my gastric juices flowing just thinking about it, Lewis. My goodness. <laughs> the it prof- must be nearly lunchtime. If the prof's listening, he's going to be wrapped to have a chat with us. He's going to be very looking forward to it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Andre's going to have to pin him down. Yeah, and say, no, come on. No, 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 no. Contractually obliged to talk to these clowns. <laughs> so um, what do you got, yeah, mate? If we can't talk about eat mites, let's talk about ear mites. Um, so I saw a puppy this morning with ear mites. And I thought oh, that's an interesting one that I don't think we've spoken about that um, we see, you know, with, um, you know, some reasonable amount of frequency in, uh, in young uh, puppies and kittens, you know, so uh, uh, I believe it's uh, Kaleotella is the, uh, is the mite, the, um, the, the, the name of the ear mite that's, um, you know, I'm pretty sure it's Kaleotella, isn't it? I probably should have looked that up before. Isn't that the walking dandruff mite? <laughs> oh. Both of us flurrying heavily for the for Google machine. I think Crap. isn't that Crap. the walking dandruff? I'm, I might be making that up, mate. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, good, uh, yeah, good to, good to so, see so you researched. It, <laughs> I was looking at it, going, "I'm sure it's Kaylee Teller," and then as soon as I've said, I've gone, "Is it Kaylee Teller?" <laughs> I just was it my, I wonder. Was it my face? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was your face. Yeah, yeah, you know. And is that there was that little little thing of going. He hasn't looked this up at all. He's just shooting. <laughs> he's he's shooting from the hip again. And who finally, knows? Who, who knows what's going to come out now? Yeah. You know? Finally, we've come undone. It's been 113 episodes. And oh, we've mate, been we've come unpicked. Undone. We've been we've come undone many many times. Usually late <laughs> at night when recording double episodes. Oh, but this yeah. is just one where our uh, you know where, where our uh, you know, our, our knowledge we've been we've been sort of. Yeah, yeah, caught caught with our pants down a little bit, Lewis. Now, have you found that name? Is it Kaylee Teller? Have I, have I? Isn't it? Is, I don't want to. Isn't that one in rabbits? And then wouldn't it be Ododectis? Oh, Ododectis. Kaylee Teller is the rabbit one. Balls. <laughs> because what does Odo mean? Odo means ear. Yes. So stay tuned oh, next man. week, guys. When Robbie will do oh. a bit of a bit of a just a deep dive on on Eemites. a little bit and, a little a little bit more yeah Go maybe on. a little bit more and will we move on to the next topic we've got? <laughs> no, we're here. We're here. We're going to talk about ododectes. You'll just edit that out. I know you're good at editing, and I know you love doing it. You'll just go in there and cut that. It'll be seamless, seamless. Nah. Ododectes, ododectes. So, so yes, so this little puppy that I saw today, ten week old puppy, in for his vaccination, um, and I noticed that he had a little bit of mucky stuff on his ears um, or around his ear canal. So I stuck my otoscope cone in there, and I saw all the little uh, all the little ear mites scurrying, scurrying away because they're uh, they're photophobic, Lewis. Ah. Photophobic meaning that they don't like light. So when right. we look down there with our little otoscope cone they um they suddenly start to scatter like a whole lot of uh like a whole lot of well things that scatter when there's light around yeah right so um i haven't seen for ages i reckon um it's a uh, uh, lot of people tend to just use a, a formulated spot on flea and worm product that that tends to do them anyway so so um, yeah. i haven't seen for a long so- time yeah, so many, um, so many of the uh, the parasitic antiparasitic products now will kill them off because they're pretty easy to to kill. But whether or not they're the spot on flea and heartworm treatments or the new oral flea and heartworm treatments, they just they just die really really quickly. So they're um, but it's common in common in younger animals. So we often see them when they uh, when these puppies and kittens are coming in for their uh, for their set, usually their second puppy vaccination. So it's the ones where the owners have uh, have had them, and uh, and. 
then we're checking them out and go, oh, there might be something a little bit gooey in this year. Have a little look. And then, uh, yeah, we see them scurrying under the light. And then we go, right, yeah, we better treat these little things. What are the symptoms you see in the puppy? And the other might they sometimes get is notoedries. No I don't know how to say that. No, no, no to edries. Yeah. yeah, no to edries. They're the two, otodectes and notoedries. But what, what are the symptoms you might see in your puppy? Or kitten? So it could be nothing, you know. So, so you may see nothing other than other than discharge around what? what? Um, other than just discharge around the ears, until then all the discharge and inflammation then leads to another infection. So then you uh, might get, uh, so then you might get your classic ear infection signs of shaking the head, scratching ears, smelly ears, pain around the head. So, um, so often the like so this little puppy this morning, um, the owners had noticed nothing other than just a little bit of discharge around the dog's ear canals, and uh, and I thought yeah. I'm going to have a little looksy down there, and uh, there they were—those little wow. ododectes. Yeah, and it's normally like a brownie sort of discharge they get, isn't it? And and it's not—they're not mites that you can see with the naked eye. Like you said, you need to put it under the microscope to see them generally. They are microscopic. That's right. I remember years ago, Christina had a um, bought a kitten home, and she uh, uh, was uh, had some discharge in its ear. So she bought home the otoscope cone and bought home the um, the, the swab and uh, and the slide. And so she looked down the ear. I'm pretty sure I can see ear mites down there. Smeared it out onto the slide, and then popped the slide in her handbag. Got to work and couldn't see the ear mites. She said, where are the ear mites going to go? So where do you think they've gone? They've gone into your bag. What? <laughs> Very good. They run away. They run away. They've got six legs. You know, yeah. you know they're, 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 hide, they're hiding in the myriad of other hiding places inside your inside your handbag. Fantastic. You know, that's ah. where they're going to have gone. Um, so so they pick them up from their um from their other little, you know, from their mums and other kittens and things like that, often with the breeders. And so that's usually the reason why we see them in uh in such young little animals. Um, but yeah, pretty easy to treat these days. You kind of um, you know, show show them the container of pretty well anything you've got in your cupboard and uh it usually kills them off. Like back in the old days, we used to use stuff that would drown them before we had the really good spot on ones. Um, it was pretty well just anything you put down there and it just seemed to drown them out. And especially if they, they'd end up with uh, ear infection as well, you'd be putting something down there to try and treat the other ear infections too. Like olive oil, mate, or coconut oil, apple cider vinegar. Which one? What are you reaching for in the in the pantry when we go into the kitchen and we want just something to jab down that ear to suffocate them? Yeah. What, what are you recommending, mate? Come on. Oh, look, I, th- I think a nice, you know, paprika wrapped in coconut oil, you know, maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, it's got to be organic though, Lewis. That's the thing. It's got to be organic. Uh, activated almond milk might be good as well. You know, don't take none of that as, as, as advice, people. Go and talk to your vet, get him on something. And like this little puppy, we got him onto his, we're going to treat him with some flea stuff anyway. And that flea stuff kills off the ear mite. So I said, look, this will sort him out. If he's still got sore ears in a couple of weeks, come back in and see us and we'll have another look down there and see if there's anything else. But uh, ear exactly. mites. Very or good. Yeah, yeah, eat bites. Food Very nice, mate. So, so well researched. I wouldn't have even known that you just thought of that in the last couple of minutes as a as a bit of a fill in. Nice work. Very yeah. well done. Very well done. Now, if you do have a question, maybe it's about something that you might, or some other type of mite, or or maybe mites in rabbits. Maybe we could do that next right. week. Get hey, on to us. Yeah, yeah, you know that one. Oh yeah, that's a ear mite, mate. It's not, oh, that's a that's a rabbit mite. It's not a ear mite. Is Come that the on. walking? Is that the walking dandruff, Kyletiella? Oh, oh, it could be. Well, you it look at be. their skin; it looks like the dandruff's walking around, but it's actually the mites walking around. The mites walking. That could be I it. Think, I think it might be. We'll Google that later. 
So if you've got a question, you can get onto us at twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can, sure can find us. Oh, we haven't thanked our Patreon supporters. Thank you very much to our Patreon supporters. Um, yes, you guys you, are legends. Yes, if you want to support us on Patreon, um, if you maybe live other than America and you want to be a new decal gal or, or gentleman somewhere else, then, decal, then get on. A decal dude. Yes, nice. A decal yeah. dude. A sticker fella. Who knows what you can uh, get on Patreon and support us. Um, we are on Instagram. We are on Facebook and I really think we should get on TikTok, mate, chasing some sheep around the paddock. That's where it's at. Why not? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we might be able to find some tromboclid mites on, on the backs of sheep if we chase them around enough. See, Someone's I do all right Google. with Paris. No, mate, that's straight off the top of my head. Parasitology was one of my best subjects in second year. It's just, it's been a long time since 1999, a long time. You know what I did? I did a parasitology prac uh, in fine, whenever parasitology was. And, uh, and we all, uh, a practical, an oral practical exam. And, uh, and at the end of the exam, you know, the, the results came in and, and uh, uh, Professor Ian Beveridge, our parasitologist yes. at the time, Bevo. he, uh, uh, a few of us got a little bit of a call back to discuss our results. And I realized from the group that I was with that it wasn't perhaps the ones that had done well on the parasitology oral exam, but the ones that perhaps had failed it. So went in, you know, got parasitology text, you know, pulled out the paper and, uh, you know, we went through the paper and went through my errors of my ways as we went through the paper and got to the end of it. And he goes, and so your final mark was, 49.5 out of a hundred. And he said, so nice. I had to, I had to round you up and you've passed. And I went, Whoa, fantastic winner. So there you go. I wasn't the best at parasitology, mate, but I know my Kyletiella from Otodectes. Well, you do now you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> but then I went, but then I went on married Deb, whose father was a parasitologist. So how's that? Eh? Full circle. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Full circle. Yeah. Did, did, is, is that what rounded you up? The, um, the, the, yeah, the, the marriage certificate, the marriage <laughs> certificate got you the extra 0.5. We, we were only dating at that stage, but I'm pr pretty sure perhaps Deb did some, some, uh, some pulling of the strings behind the, behind the, yeah, no, there was none of that. Right. No, uh, and no you know, way. And, and you know, for sure that your score was 48.5 and he went back in there and scrounged up that extra point. So then he could round you up because he didn't want you back again. Yeah, I think he um, he said when you wrote uh, when you wrote Coletiella there, you really meant Odetectes, didn't you? I said yes, I did. Oh, absolutely, you. yes. Thanks, Prof. Thank you very much. There's my point. Yeah. All righty, all righty. Got anything else, mate? Nah, nah, I'm all done. I'm cooked. I got to go and do a staff meeting. I think. Fantastic. All right, guys. We'll scratch you later. Peace out. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at Vet Behaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle. <laughs>